Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre owned inventory. Great time to deal, service staff and a service department to back it up. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. A nightmare second period for the Philadelphia Flyers against the Rangers. Take my word, they gave up seven goals. Shots here in the second <laughs> period, 15-6 in favor of the Rangers. Here's Ivanajev for Kreider. Back across, score! A natural hat-trick, three in a row for Mika Zibanejad. It is now 8-0. Rangers exploding. Kenny Albert, great friend of the show. Always great to have him making the call of the day. If you're a Flyer fan, that second period was... That was a natural hat hat trick for Flyer fans that had to feel like a natural disaster. Yeah, a little bit. You okay, you okay there? I'm just I'm just making sure because you know. it's been a rough 24 hours for Philadelphia sports right now. But we don't need to get into that right now. Again, repeating earlier, Carson Wentz is a cult. All right, so figure we'd throw that in there for you. Thank you. You want, you want to talk about somebody who, I, in my opinion, does an outstanding job, and that's Adam Zucker from CBS Sports. Welcome. It's your first time with us. Appreciate the time you're giving us, especially at such a busy time. Hey, all you got to tell me is Pennsylvania, especially the northeastern central quarter of the state, and I'm in. I I, I had six good years in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, met my wife yeah. there, and uh, I love going back and seeing my friends and playing some disc golf. So, hey, Pennsylvania, okay. straight to the top of the list. Absolutely. In fact, uh, my first two years, I was at Penn State Wilkes-Barre out at Lehman. So know, oh. know it, the old back mountain, know it well. Know it's it well. beautiful up there. All right. Now, for somebody like me, obviously, in, in broadcasting Penn State games, I've seen a lot of these teams play in person because most of the most of the, a lot of fields, Big Ten teams, as a matter of fact. But I also saw Virginia Tech v, VCU as well. What kind of learning curve is there for you uh, to get ready for this, because a lot of CBS Sports Net stuff is Mountain West and things like that. So, what kind of curve do you have to get used to now? Uh, biggest thing for me is to brush up on teams I just flat out didn't see, whether I'm at work or at home, uh, if they play late at night uh, on nights where I'm not working. But you know, I had a n- good number of weekends uh, in the main CBS chair where we had Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, right. even Indiana, uh, so where it was a rougher year for them. So I- I've seen a lot of the, the Big Ten's big boys, uh, which is more than half the conference getting into the tournament, of course. Um, I- and I'll tell you this, I don't know how it is for you, when I'm at work, I probably see less of the other games than when I'm at home and can actually put my feet up and just hone in and crank up the volume. 
Um, You know, it's funny funny you say that. That's true. That's very true. I've told people I know more about Pac-12 football. (laughs) <laughs> because Jack because because Jack Ham and I are doing a game during the course of the day and I'll get home and I'll watch a Pac twelve game. Yeah, exactly. Or or I'll I'll do the SEC on CBS football game and yeah. I'll have that one on blast in my ear. If there's a concurrent Big Ten game, it's on a TV in the room, but I'm not hearing it unless I dial it in and specifically listen. Then I go home and watch those primetime games at the ten o'clock kickoffs and, and I'm completely dialed in. So a lot of uh a lot of the, the, the Monday night basketball games, if the team played on Monday night, I saw them. I watch every doubleheader on the Monday nights when I'm not working and our CBS Tuesday and Thursdays when I'm not working. Uh, but, you know, Wednesdays, Wednesdays I'll be so tied down, uh, really focusing on Mountain West, I may miss uh, a Penn State game, uh, so to speak. It's on a monitor, but it's hard to yeah. really dial in. You know, you watch football on mute. You can kind of look up and see what's happening, and if it's uh, about to be a touchdown or a big play in progress. Basketball is like a lot of back and forth, and so you don't really get the gist as much. But the box score can tell you a whole lot of stuff, too. What's the art of sitting in that chair and then bringing out the best of the other people on the set? Uh, body weight squats in between segments, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, really, it's like, just working with these guys so many for so many years, Wally Zerbiak, Steve Lapis, Pete Gillen, yeah. uh, John Rothstein, who I'm still trying to figure out, Gary Parrish, <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys have been with us a long time, uh, Ryan Hollins, played at UCLA, and, and just kind of catering to their area of expertise, or just watching a game with them and listening to what they say. I mean, so much of it's just listening, and uh, and and throwing actual questions at them. I think, you know, what you do you know how to ask questions. A lot of people don't always really ask questions. They just kind of stop talking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I remember I was on a show in the summer. I was on Sirius, and they asked me about what the goals were for the year. And I said the goal was to play a game. The second yeah. goal was to play a second game. Adam, mm-hmm. in your opinion, in, in watching all this play out, how remarkable is it that we're at this point and have a tournament? I think it's beyond remarkable, and I think that everyone, uh, every, everyone in some way right now is worn out and fatigued. Whether it's yeah. through being sick, knowing people who were sick, knowing people who passed away, or just wanting normal so badly that that they're going crazy. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. Um, I think it's an incredible amount of effort and dedication by the kids who are going to be on the court, their families, the coaching staffs. And I think that we're going to see, even to a greater extreme, the, the emotional highs and lows that come with winning and losing in this tournament. Because every day, everyone involved has been doing the testing and the masks and the protocols and self-denial while knowing. I mean, it's been like the ultimate FOMO experience, whether you're a Division One athlete or a suburban parent. Oh, they're, they're getting together. They're going out for dinner. We're not. Well, what are they? How come they're doing and then it becomes, you know, integrator. Like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? So there's going to be buzzer beaters, and there's going to be upsets, and it's going to be at those moments where the losing team has all of that effort and all of that dedication and all of that, that thought hit a wall, and it's going to be over. And I think, that it, you know, it's just going to be – like I said, just crazy, crazily emotional. And watching these one-bid league teams cut down nets and go to the NCAA tournament, where, you know, whether yes. it's Alabama 
who hasn't been used to doing it but but was the team to beat in the SEC, or whether it's Hartford doing it for the first time ever. I mean, the looks on these kids' faces to cut down the net, because not everybody even has a goal right now in our country. You know, we're all just trying to stay healthy. We're all just trying yeah. to get out of it. You know, these guys are actually trying to achieve greatness and win something in the midst of all this, and it requires so much more than it normally does. I was kidding. John Gallagher, the coach at Hartford, he's a St. Joseph's graduate. And I said, well, on the Feast of St. Joseph, you get to play Baylor. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. He's hilarious, by the way. Oh, isn't he? He's one of the funniest. Because Dick Girardi and I know him pretty well, and he sees something else. Finally, uh, for you, because I know I have to let you go, because you have a time frame here, and I want to respect that. What's You talk about the emotion of this. What does it take on your part to then convey that emotion from a studio perspective so that emotion is conveyed to us at home once we've experienced it watching it live? Just kind of reminding everyone how how, how a lot of these guys feel right now and just yeah. even when we replay it, just to not talk over it, really. Uh, let everybody digest it again who hasn't seen it, not tell people how they should feel about it, really. Um, uh, and you know the sound bites, the interviews that'll come as a result of of, of what what these guys do, and, and just I think a reminder, like it's 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 not like I'm telling anyone at home that they don't know what's going on, because we're all in this right now. We're all in this right now. Uh, but you know I think it's an extra toll for the Big Ten teams who had a, an extra week and a half in this Indianapolis bubble of, right. of being on this regiment of. Stay in your room, here's your food, play some video games, go to class, go to practice. You know, I, yeah. I wish I wish I wish every team could win one more before they have to lose one. Yeah, and go over to Victory Field, play a little badminton, things like that. <laughs> yeah, get outside. Gosh. If that's what they get outside, that in the Northeast again. Victory Field. Adam, uh, tremendous respect for your work. Thank you so much for the time you gave today. Hopefully it's not the last time we have you. Yeah, hit me up, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Adam Zucker, CBS Sports. All right. Yes, tomorrow's the Feast of St. Joseph. And Johnny Gal gets the coach. I'm not that dad to kid him about it. Hey, you never know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean you've, you've got him losing by a billion in the first round. You have no confidence. <laughs> Just, But, you know, I've, try, I've tried to remind everybody that you know, because of you know, your Yankees Eagles background, there's a level of bitterness there. <laughs> if there's one game I I don't get right, I, I do I, I would I wouldn't mind if it was that one. It'll cost me big, but it's okay. I'll take it for that sentiment. I don't reason. have the, I don't have Baylor in the final four. It I don't either, but I have much. them I have them to the Elite Eight, and that's the only thing I'll say about my bracket. The Elite Eight? Yeah, I do. Wow. I just kind of went through and did it, so I don't really know where I have anybody except I know I've got Gonzaga and Illinois in the championship game. There Illinois, I really, as you know, I've liked Illinois for months now. Yes. So it's not, this is not like, hey, they're playing great lately. Uh, no, there's something about them. They've got the post presence. They've got the guard you need at the end. And just a reminder, if anybody wants a scouting report, late IO goes right. <laughs> Um, figured I'd throw that in there. 
Uh, Penn State was tremendous today at the NCAA Wrestling Championships. They went 8-1 and one and racked up bonus points. Yes. Well, let's see. Let's give a little quick rundown here. Uh, they're second place right now. So they're in second place. So in the team scoring, Iowa is in the lead with 19 points. Penn State is second with 17. Arizona State is 13. Uh, Robbie Howard won 6-4, to four, gets Taylor Lamont of Utah Valley tonight. Roman Bravo Young, 20-5, to five, tech fall over Sean Carter of, Air, of Appalachian State, Kyle Berwick of Wisconsin later. Nick Lee beat Julian Flores of Drexel, tech fall. Uh, it was 18 nothing. Clay Carlson of South Dakota State later. Brady Berge was able to win over Andrew Siniglia of Navy, 12-4, a major decision. He's got Caleb Young of Iowa later. Joe Lee's the one loss. Travis Whitlake beat him 8-1, to so he'll have to wrestle back against Andrew Nicholson of Chattanooga. Carter Storacci out of Erie. Victor Marcelli of Virginia, 10-2, a major decision. He's got Hayden Hastings of Wyoming next. Aaron Brooks, tech fall over Jaquan Anderson of Gardner-Webb, 17 to 1. He's got Owen Webster of Minnesota later. Michael Beard out of Pottstown. I mentioned yesterday this was a 50 50. He got it. In fact, decisively beat uh, Jacob Kozar of Navy, 14 to 4. He's got Owen Pence of North Dakota State later. And Greg Kirkfleet of uh, Grove uh, Heights, Minnesota was a winner over Jonathan Birchmeyer of Navy. Tech fall 18 0. It's got Jordan Wood of Lehigh, the number eight seed later. So Beard is still is wrestling another um, lower seed. Kurt Fleet is in an eight nine matchup. Uh, Brooks obviously will be the you know no matter what it's a let me see it's a one one seventeen. Starachi is going to be in the three fourteen. He's the three. Joe, uh, Joe Lee is a twenty three against the twenty six in the wrestleback. Bergie uh, Young is the number five seed. Lee's the number two. He's got the 15th seed. Uh, Rome Bravo Young's a two. He's got an 18th seed. And Howard's a 23 seed. And Taylor Lamont's a seven seed. So there's your recap of sessions 1A and 1B in St. Louis at the NCAA Wrestling Championships. All right. Final half hour. Brendan Quinn, the athletic. Great to have you with us today. The Colts would not allow a Philadelphia writer to ask a question of Carson Wentz. Stupid. And now they are about to be haunted. (laughs) Yes, they will. (laughs) They are going to send people out there, and they're going to be there every day. And guess what? Under NFL rules, you can't deny them access. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a hundred.
Hyundai. From Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 18 brand new 2020 Hyundais that have to go now. now. Choose from seven 2020 Elantras with savings up to $49.70. Starting at $16,997. 2020 Tucson Sport SUVs have a $56.90 discount and start at $25,740. Hurry in, only two left. One last 2020 Santa Fe with a $6,050 discount was $39,585. Now only $33,535. And there's one last Veloster for only $18,785. Now. now is the time for big discounts on 2020 new Hyundais at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Hyundai is still producing amazing cars with the 2021 North American Car of the Year, the Hyundai Elantra. Save $26,22 on this award-winning sedan starting at $19,823. Now is the time. And Sunbury Motors Hyundai is the place in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza. Sunbury. So Mark Lawrence's walk-up music. Tremendous. Every time he walks in the studio, it's fabulous. Love it. Yeah, wouldn't let the, any Philadelphia writers or broadcasters ask Carson Wentz questions. You could have, in the month of March, gotten rid of it. And now it's going to linger. <laughs> it's going to linger. Yeah. Now that... Is a publicity department. <laughs> okay. Part of your job is to think of these things. <laughs> you sit back and say, what? Ah, really? Except for baby Chicago. That part of the sure. country babies their athletes. It's all well and good, blah, 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 no controversy. That, that that's not how we roll here on the East Coast. Yeah, but you know what? In some ways, it's it, it, to, there's a balance between them. Okay, I mean, let's let's not pretend like being here. Oh, hey, we're look at we're, we're hard hitting. No, a lot of the stuff that people throw out is BS, and you know it. Right, but we're not afraid <laughs> to ask the questions in, in, on this on this point in this part of the country. Is what I'm saying. Sometimes you know they're oh, uh, let's happy go lucky out there in the Midwest, and they forget these things. Well, yeah, you can ask the questions. But how many questions are wrapped in commentary? That is true. Because right. there, there are people, especially in the Philadelphia media, I won't name names, that are like that. And that is not the way you do it either. Um, but, um, I, mean, I mean, that's the part that gets me. It's it, it's. I always love when I hear... I asked the tough questions, but did you get an answer? To me, the question's worthless if there's no answer attached to it. The whole point of asking the question was to get an answer, right? I asked the tough questions. Did you get any answers? No, he refused to answer. I'm supposed to like say, okay, that's great. There are ways of asking tough questions where you're asking a question. Right? It's what Adam and I were just talking about on the show, the ability to ask questions. Just so you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't, I mean, you can't sit there and 
SVTV and like you know, and, like and this is what I think. <laughs> I mean, now I feel like we're now we're back to the Shikla and me pregame show. I don't know what you saw, Coach, but this is what I saw. <laughs> oh no! Do you see what I see? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, Dave Cicchini, as soon as we give him assurances that, like, you know who is not doing the the interview, I'm telling you, he's coming on the show. I guess I'll have to do that now from now on. you got to let him know. Although, being interviewed by the suit is actually pretty easy. Like, it's supposed to be a five-minute segment. He talks for four minutes, 45 seconds. <laughs> Julian have to answer 15 seconds. <laughs> Doug's driving off the road right now. <laughs> I swear, part of the show's being done for Doug. <laughs> Dave Ritchie's like sitting there like, oh, that's actually kind of true. <laughs> you, sir, are my hero. Oh, I want to get back to those days where people in Soika yelling their brains out behind Doug and Doug's yelling stuff like that. Me too. I really, really miss the fans at Soika this I, year. I miss the fans everywhere. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, I miss the fans at Beaver Stadium. I miss being out. Jack and I doing the pregame in front of the Jordan Center. Dick and I going into the Jordan Center to do basketball. You miss the fans. You miss them. So much the atmospherics of a big game. I mean, part of the reason I'm always talking about, hey, let's, you know, hey, they got a game tonight. Let's get a crowd out there tonight. It's not just for the players. I just think it's just great for the game to have people there. Brendan Quinn, The Athletic, next half hour. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Reluctantly, you're home for the suit. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15. Nomals Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory. Check it all out at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. NFL reaching deals with ESPN, CBS, NBC, Fox, Amazon, NFL Network through the 2033 season. So they have labor peace and television peace for the decade. CBS and Fox get Sunday. NBC gets Sunday night. ESPN gets Monday night with some games airing on ABC. Amazon is the exclusive home for Thursday, which will also be on over-the-air channels and competing home team markets. NFL Network will air select Thursday night games. ABC gets two Super Bowls. In 2026 is the first one. They get two. The other networks get three each. ESPN also gets six added games to the network this season, including three Monday night double headers. They'll get a wild card round as well as a divisional round. All right. And Carson Wentz, they did not allow 
any Philadelphia writers or broadcasters to ask him questions today. It was the rule heading in to his new press conference as an Indianapolis Colt. Yeah, so we've got that, and I got more ESPN to watch butcher an NFL playoff game, and now Super Bowl. And then I got to do flex scheduling for weeks 12 through 12 and beyond. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, no, I mean, I mean, WKOK, I guess, wants to to uh, flex Shikolami football the Sunday night. All right, let's uh, so let, with that. Let's bring in Brendan Quinn from the Athletic, my friend. Welcome back. I've been I've been great. Can I touch on what you just said? Yes, sir. Please. This is a classic uh, blunder of PR media relations mismanagement. Here, this is the that is the worst idea that you can make if you're in that spot. Like, do they not realize who they are dealing with when it comes to the Philadelphia media? Like, they are now, they will now send a reporter yes, to they will. a training camp. Yes. Wherever Indianapolis is, they will send someone. And you can't bar them right. from your training camp, because mm-hmm. that would be in violation of the uh, NFL media policy. May I correct you on that? They will send two. <laughs> and a columnist and a big guy, and make even more of an issue than they needed to. They could have just gotten it all out of the way today. Every on the same, the day. NCAA tournament starting. It's March. No one cares. Right? Exactly. Why would you do this? Exactly. Exactly. Nobody. Cares. You sit back and say, uh, "You can just get this out of the way now." Exactly. Months before the season, just coach up Wentz on how to answer him and just get it over with. Yeah. Now. He's going to be dogged all year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now his reputation's even going to be worse. Yes. You know, I mean, Honor. man. Bad. What do they pay these people? Okay, well, what do you got for me, Steve? Good hearing your voice, man. That's yeah, good hearing yours. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we solved that problem. Uh, what's... what's uh, What's this whole bubble thing been like there? I mean, because... I'm not I, down. I'm not... In oh, that. you're not in it. So I'm you're not. still doing the golf thing? I, I was at TPC Sawgrass over the weekend. What was it like being around seeing fans? Because it comes through the... I mean, it's golf, Brendan. Yeah. And it comes yeah. through the TV set. Golf. I mean, so I was out there when there were zero fans. Right. Um, and it was pretty... It was, it was, I mean, it was kind of nice being able to watch, you know, the, these guys play in, in, the, in that setting. But anytime anything amazing happened and there was just nothing, yeah. you know, it was it was horrible. And the, the, I thought it affected the players after a while. Um, being out there over the week in, at Sawgrass, it was it felt normal for sure. Like you could hear, you know, even though it was twenty or twenty five percent capacity of what's normal, you could still hear, you know, cheers from opposite holes and things right. like that. Um, but we're also now so kind of trained to, you know, be overly cautious, not overly, but to be cautious and to feel a certain way when being around other people right. that, you know, it was kind of inherently uncomfortable to be around the 17th hole where, you know, there were a few thousand people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people were being really responsible about it, but uh, other people were not. And when it was late afternoon, right, and people have been boozing all day, well, you know, there was some less than responsible behavior, and it turns out it's pretty hard to keep pulling your mask up and down when you're double fisting. So, right. uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kind of uncomfortable scenes that you know I 
for me, you know, I kind of got a glimpse of what I needed to, wrote a few things in the notebook, and then got the hell out of there. Right. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> what is – I want to get to Juwan Howard in a moment, but I do have to ask you, what is it like now covering somebody like Bryson DeChambeau and what he, mm. what he is doing, the way he transformed his body – and then he what he goes to Bay Hill and he hits that three seventy eight drive yeah. to the front. I mean, what's that like? And what are it, other and what are other people saying? Because I know Rory's even talking about, hey, wait, I'm making a mistake. I'm trying to chase this guy distance wise. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that you know DeChambeau's going to end up messing other guys up. Yes, they're going to change their games, and you don't just you know most of these guys can still win playing the way that they play. You know, DeChambeau is not going to go destroy the world every week, right? You're going to have bad weeks where you're missing putts or you're shots offline like that's just the nature of the game so um he can overwhelm courses but he's not the greatest player ever you know yeah. um but to your question yeah it's kind of surreal being out there and seeing a guy who you know is changing the sport in real time and you get to kind of see him up close like that and uh you know i've been fascinated by the psychology of this guy i did a story leading into the masters last year where i uh I called all of his high school coaches and teachers to kind of get a glimpse of what he was like as a young athlete. And uh, it was fascinating. All these people just saying, you know, it was the same thing over and over again, just this kind of level of awkward neurosis um, and this kind of, like he couldn't play team sports because he, he couldn't handle things being out of his control. And it all just really spoke to this guy. This is the way this guy's mind works. And, you know, we're all, every sports writer, is you know some uh, empty-headed amateur psychologist, and that's kind of what how how we try to dissect people. And I certainly have enjoyed trying to figure out how this guy's mind works, but it's uh, uh, it, it's been it's been wild watching him the last the last year, basically since he came back from the PGA Tour's pause. It's just this different, like you know, this superhero persona that he's kind of building up. But he drives the other guys nuts. And I'll tell you where he drives the For other sure. guys nuts is on the greens. He drives them nuts on the greens because he takes so much time. I think what even bothers them more is that he's now, like, a top ten putter in the world. I know. And, and like, two years ago he ranked, like, 120th. So it's not only the bombing. It's yeah. not bomb and gouge and then just go scramble around the greens and hope that you can steal birdies. Like, he's now a world-class putter. Yeah. And you combine that with you know, length that other people can't equal, and that's when you kind of feel like you're playing a different sport. Right. Yeah. No, because when he, the way he played Wingfoot, he didn't care if he was in the rough. It's like, okay. That was incredible. Yeah. That I was... mean, watching the final round, of it, and, and, you know, Matthew Wolf was off, and it was just, yeah. uh, he just tore the place apart. No, I think he was the only score under par that day he in was. the final round. He was. And he, shot, and he shot like three or four under. Yeah. It was, it was remarkable. I have to ask you about your um, article about. Uh, Juwan Howard, because mm -hmm. obviously that was a critical eight-day period for Michigan basketball that had a lot of twists and turns. In the end, in those twists and turns, how did the tumblers fall into place for this to happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, they they did reach out to the biggest names that you would kind of expect, just that you kind of have to ask when you're a program kind of the size and caliber of Michigan, and you have the money, right, that, that Michigan has. Um the the notion of Juwan Howard was always kind of at the um, at the forefront of the thinking. You know, he was the only pro candidate, but his name was there early on. Yeah. Um, but everyone, you know, it was, does Juwan want to do it? Does Michigan want to do it? You know, 
athletic director Ward Manuel had to kind of smooth things over with the kind of old guard of Michigan. You know, there's whether it be donors, whether it be kind of just old school folks um, trying to get past the notion of hiring a member of the Fab Five. Like, you know, he had to smooth all that over before even going down interviewing. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the purpose of the story was trying to kind of go through the TikTok of of what it took to get that thing done and, and go inside the job interview, which, um, you know, I, I found Ward Manual. It's amazing when uh, when you want to do a story like this, you have to wait usually a year or two to get removed from the coaching search. Yes. And then you need then you need to also hope that the coach is successful because then suddenly everyone wants to talk about how <laughs> yeah. how how genius. Yeah, the search was right yeah. now. Now the the coaching search guy the, or the uh, search committee they're 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 willing to talk. The uh, the search firm CEO of the search firm he's ready to go right. Oh the yeah, so. yeah. Oh no, <laughs> because guess guess who ended up looking really good in the end? The guy that's the head of the search firm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, I'll tell you all about my success. What, what do you need to know? Here's my cell phone. I'm saying, where were you two years ago when I was trying to get all the man? <laughs> Worried. <laughs> Just a tad concerned. Uh, Michigan State's got UCLA tonight. So, of course, you and I both know that uh, the statue of John Wooden is outside mm-hmm. because he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame as a Purdue player and as a UCLA mm-hmm. coach. Uh, it's also a place where uh, you know Izzo and his team are comfortable. Oh, and by the way, Wisconsin is 4-41 four lifetime at Mackey, which, by the way, uh, should be pointed out that that's because they were playing Purdue. Uh, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State lost its last five. At last Mackey. five at Mackey, yeah, and that's in part because they're playing Purdue. Oh, and by the way, Kelvin Sampson's going back to Assembly Hall. So there are some... Beautiful. Cer- there are certainly Why some- don't they give him a job offer while he's there? <laughs> They did once. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, he's right there. Yeah, they did once. So, what do you think about this whole thing? You know, the Michigan State's going to play in the in the play-in game tonight with UCLA. You know, you got you know, Samson going back to Houston. What intrigues you about this? Uh, I mean, with with Michigan State specifically, it's this. You know, if if you took any other team name and put put that on the line. You'd, you'd and knock them out. You'd knock them out immediately. I mean, their efficiency numbers are trash. They have been all year. Yep. Um, they beat, you know, top three, top five teams or top ten teams in the last two weeks of the year that are better than damn near anyone in the tournament, not named Gonzaga Baylor, right? Right, sure. So, I mean, Michigan State's just been this – it's it, it's like trying to see the schizophrenic. I don't know how to how to look at them from week to week and I get these calls, you know, oh, how do you project this UCLA game? I'm like, Aaron Henry's going to show up and play his ass off. Beyond that, I, I have no idea always, what the state's going to do. Always. You know? Aaron Henry Aaron <laughs> Henry is, to me, the one legit big-time player on that roster. Hauser's okay, but he's the one legit big-time player on that roster. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you get uh, a random day and suddenly Rocket Watts looks like he was the guy that he was yeah. projected to be all year. And then other games, he it plays minimally in the first half, does something that drives it so crazy and gets benched for the rest of the game, and you have no idea. You know, Marcus Bingham, some games looks like he can be a game changer yeah. with his length, and then other times he's non-existent. Josh Langford is, you know, 34 yeah. years old, and you know, <laughs> yeah. some days he looks like the old five-star that he used to be, and other days he looks like he's yeah. just kind of 
slow, you know. And Gabe so, Brown once in a while, you know, will go out and hit like three, four threes in a game. Yeah. yeah, Gabe Brown could go out. You know, he did it against LSU as a freshman in the Sweet yeah. Sixteen. He banged three or four threes against them. It was the yeah. game changer there. So, um, I'll be curious. You know, at one minute I think Michigan State can go to the Sweet Sixteen, and the next minute I think they lose tonight. Yeah. So, um, I I don't know. But in terms of like all those storylines like you're mentioning. You know, I, that's the, that's the beautiful stuff of this time of year when the bracket yeah. comes out and you're just waiting to see what kind of you know ridiculousness you can you can find and all these random connections and the ties that bind and all these great you know potential storylines. Um, you know, the notion of what was it? Uh, I think there's a chance. Uh, where's Purdue on this? I think there are four. There, like the. The notion of, you know, Purdue. I came up with this theory. How about Purdue plays Baylor in the Sweet 16, yeah. and you'll have to ha- you'll have the entire state of Indiana rooting for Baylor, yes, including IU fans, because yeah. they're going to want to free up Scott Drew for a job interview. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, I know. Yeah. The program that thinks they they can get you know right. you know it's it's I know that's that's exactly right. Uh, what do you think about? Uh, I've always been interested in. You know, I understand the next man up theory. I realize internally you have to do that. But Livers isn't playing yeah. for for Michigan now. Can the next guy up? I think it's Brandon Johns play. Yeah. The problem well, I always have is nobody ever talks about who replaces Johns off the bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so Shondy Brown more naturally kind right. of fills the the massive void yeah. that Livers creates. And then and and then Brandon Johns between playing time at the four yeah. and still being a backup five, yeah. yeah, his role expands. To me, like Michigan's going to play a super tight rotation regardless, right? It's not they're not going to yeah. start giving out minutes to right. you know Terrence Williams might get some time here and there, but, but the TV you know, timeouts are all longer in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Sure. That first timeout's like the first timeout in the second half, so hey, you got more minutes for exactly. bench. You know, if people don't realize that. But with Michigan replacing Livers, what you know, I think you can have the thing about Shawnee Brown is that this year as the sixth man, like he played just the perfect role yes. for what he is defensively yep. and as a three point shooter. And what I think you want to see for Michigan, especially in this game, as like a sign that they can play through not having Livers, is you want Shawnee Brown to still do exactly what he was doing. Yep. I don't think you want any more out of him. You want him to just maybe play more minutes, but keep his role. Don't don't yeah. be doing things that are outside of what you've ever been asked to do at Michigan. So have him just fill those minutes, and instead have, you know, Franz Wagner. You got to give a little bit more. Yeah. Eli Brooks. You got to give a little bit more. Hunter yeah. Dickinson. A little bit more. Right. Yeah. You want everyone else to rise up, yeah. and then just let Sean D. Brown play the way that he has all year long. I, yeah. I think that's the recipe for how Michigan can win. Because obviously I've done a game where Shondi Brown was at Wake Forest and he had an expanded role. Seeing uh-huh. him in this role fits him as a player. Exactly. This this role fits him, not the expanded role that I saw at Wake Forest. I mean, it's just everybody is a different fit. That's his. Yeah, exactly. And the other interesting thing for Michigan that we forget, I feel like, is the last month of the year, everyone was it was a bunch of Big Ten teams with mostly quality bigs Mm-hmm. Seeing Michigan for the second time, right, right, and they, and they got and, it. And you can game plan, right. You can have right. a better feel on how to defend Dickinson, and that's the big thing. Hunter Dickinson, the first time he played teams this year, just destroyed them yeah. one after another. There's a reason he's a second team All American. Yep. Um, 
and we kind of forgot about it a little bit. So basically since the Ohio State game where he really was amazing down in Columbus. In the last four weeks of the year, it was kind of, you know, I thought that maybe their their ways of getting him the ball had probably grown a little stagnant, and, you know, teams were figuring out how to defend him. So between those two things, you know, I thought you saw a little dip in that post-production. Yeah. Now, you know, going against whoever that they play in the first game, Mount St. Mary or Texas Southern, but then even in the second game, you know, like I think St. Bonaventure gets past LSU. Yep. St. Bonaventure hasn't seen anything like Hunter Dickinson. No. In the in the Atlantic Ten, right? Like no. Me, I'm an Atlantic Ten guy. You know that. You I know, know that. St. Joe's, I would pick St. Bonaventure over the one just based on loyalty <laughs> to my, my mid major <laughs> brethren. But hey. you know, the idea idea that St. Bonaventure can defend Hunter Dickinson is probably pretty foolhardy. Hey. And, and 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 hey, and Gallagher, Gallagher and Hartford on the feast of St. Joe's, my man. As, as he got Baylor tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Johnny Gal. How about that? How about Johnny Gal. How about that, man? I mean, unbelievable. The fact that it's not a 116 Michigan, uh, Hartford, Martelli versus John Gal is, is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, I but, know. you know, those stories would have written. I wouldn't even bother writing the story. I would just let Gal write it. I'll just publish it. <laughs> I'll say this. <laughs> this guy is the perfect guy for the Sirius XM interview leading into the tournament. He is the perfect guy for the pregame press conference leading <laughs> into the It is the a bummer thing. that that he, that he finally got them And there. it's Zoom. <laughs> and it's Zoom, yeah. I mean, like, Gal on the on the podium oh, oh my God. At, at some first-round site. You know, like, John Gal on the podium in Sacramento or something like that would have just been amazing. And it also would be <laughs> a fact that the writers and the, and the and the newspaper people in the room, I mean the uh, the TV radio people in the room, would say, "Well, well, no, you don't have to end it now, do you?" <laughs> yeah, right. So you'd have the you'd have the columnist from the Sacramento Bee sitting there saying, "Well, I'm trashing whatever column I was doing. I'm writing about this." Guy. <laughs> he's won 666 games in his career, and he's at the promised land on Zoom. <laughs> Brutal. What's the best Penn State storyline in this tournament, Steve? Uh, right now, <laughs> with Micah. Well, with Micah, the best storyline in the tournament is that obviously he's out there coaching. Let's let's face it. Um, I think Dana had it right that you know the fact that Matt Painter turned over the offense and Micah Shrewsbury like coached it up, yeah. opened the door for him getting jobs. Uh, sure. And I, I think that's a big part of it. I think eventually uh, it's uh, – you and I both know Penn State needs to be an older program as mm-hmm. for success. That's why one of the things he'll have to do when this is all said and done, and it's probably in the process of doing it now, how many of the current guys that have put their name in the portal can he keep here because he needs to sure. keep the program older? Sure. Uh, now, hiring Adam Fisher from uh, Miami, good move because he's coming back. He knows Penn State. Mm-hmm. So that helps. But, you know, I think it's a heck of a hire. It's just it's, you know, but he's not, quote, all here yet. Yeah, right, right. And trying to keep players while not being there. You're trying to, yeah. And you, right. And you, you and I both know. I mean, we've done Zoom. We do this. But how much more fun is it when we're sitting across the table from each other at dinner? Yeah, sure. It, it's just a, diff, it's a different thing. And for him, by all accounts, he's a terrific guy. I know that, that the guys here are terrific. If they put him in the same room for a little bit and they could talk to each other a little bit, I think you'd have a different outcome. Yeah. I'll be, I, I've been really curious about it. I thought um, – I didn't think Penn State could get him. 
Yeah. Really. I, I thought he could get a better job, frankly. Yeah. I, I don't know if people want to hear that, but I, I thought he could get maybe a, a little bit of a better job and certainly wait, wait out the cycle. Um, so I thought it was a great get for, for Penn State. My one concern would be, you know, I mean, he's such a commodity that even the slightest hint of success, the offers that are going to come his way. Sure are going to be really difficult to fend off. Sure. No, and I understand. And there's that. nothing wrong with being a building block program as long no. as you have the leadership to be able to continue to make good coaching hire after good coaching hire. That's basically right. what Xavier did for 25 years and worked out for them just fine. Well, let's face it. Hint of success means that you're having some success. Having some success, which is right. better than the alternative. Exactly. <laughs> Always great to talk to you. We don't talk often enough, and we need to get Girardi in the mix and make this a a three way conversation. As long as he's giving me picks, when's the derby? Uh, <laughs> May one. Okay, May Whenever one. Whenever you have him on for the oh, show, you dial me it, in. It is. It, it's <laughs> it's the Baffert horse. Life is good. Life is good. All right, done. Uh, running Santa Anita Derby next. Check that one out. Done. All right. Done and done. Hey, we Logging can, into hey, the app. Hey, by the way, week, week of the Masters. Can we get you a week of the Masters? Absolutely. No problem. That'd be awesome. I'd love, I'll be there. love to talk golf with you. All you right. Know it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. See you, Steve. Brendan Quinn, The Athletic. Fun conversation. Didn't bring up bitter topics. Carson Wentz. By the way, this just in, Bucknell football now canceled for Saturday with a COVID case, COVID issues with Lafayette. That's probably why Dave couldn't do the show today. So Could have been, yes. Um, now, it would have helped if you told him who wasn't doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> eh, we'll see. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm back in an hour. Got Rob Cooper, the baseball coach, Sandy Barber, on the Coaches Show, presented by Pepsi. How about that? Real quick, that who's in the rest up. of your Final Four? Uh, I think I have Florida State and Texas Tech, I think. Ooh, and te- okay. And Texas Tech. Texas Tech is only because I'm going through, and that's who it ended up being. <laughs> I didn't start out with that with them there. And the champ is? Oh, Gonzaga. Over Illinois. They're the, yeah, they're the, they're the best team, I think. That's what I have, too. And I have Arkansas and Texas and my other my other two Final Four teams. But my, my point with Brendan was simple. And he made the point as well. The, the quality of big man in the Big Ten is different than any other conference in the country. Suddenly, after being defended... Hunter Dickens has been defended by Luca Garza, defended by Kofi Coburn. Now he's going to look around. He's going to be defended by somebody that isn't them. They could make a gigantic difference. All right, back in an hour, suitless. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK.